welcome back to another episode of not fighting i almost forgot how we start the show because it's been a couple weeks since we recorded an episode yeah when when was shoot we keep saying we were going to and we had all these things and life's been really busy we went to palm springs and actually took everything with us and then still didn't record a show we even set it up Mm -hmm. i don't know where this pillow came from but I use it whenever I work from home. I put it behind my chair because I got jujitsu back. Yeah. Well, I always love to sit with a pillow on my lap. I don't. Why is that? Why is it so much more comfortable to have like this? Here? I don't know. Maybe it's like the weighted blanket thing where it's like I don't know. Makes it's you, not weight. I don't know. There's something about like feeling like I don't know. If you're listening and you're swaddled, not, you're not watching on YouTube. You won't understand. But I have a pillow that I'm holding. <laughs> There is something weird about that, though, right? Like, you get, like to be tucked in to bed and stuff. Like, even the things that you have as a kid, it's like, I feel like still as an adult, you still find those, like, uh, sort of comforts and just, like, having something, like, being rolled up into something, like, real tight. Yeah. Is that, like... That's why I steal all the covers when we sleep, because I, like, roll away and pull myself into, like, a little burrito. Yeah, you're very you're a defensive cover stealer too. Like you, yeah. you like roll yourself up like uh, like you just keep going, and yep. then then it's like wrapped around you to where it's like to really unleash it. It's like you'd have to get out of bed, yank it, and then you'd like yo yo out of the bed. I imagine. Yeah, I don't think I'd yo yo out of the bed, but I understand the sentiment. <laughs> yeah, I've I've slept uh, many nights without just any sheets. I just like okay, well, we'll just pretend I'm camping. <laughs> yeah getting the covers back from you is not the easiest thing in the world and no way i don't buy the whole thing either about like uh it's like oh well it's like your body recognizes it because of you know when you're in the womb blah 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 that's nine months it's like i've done a lot of things for nine months that i'm not like well comforted by or affected by my entire life i feel like it's got to be like instinctual comfort <laughs> yeah maybe i don't know i don't know i don't, know. <laughs> I don't have I, I like don't have an answer nor do i have like a like a hot theory on like why it is i just find it fascinating yeah anyhow <laughs> anyhow hard pivot to other stuff now um um no but I, I do think that one of the things that's interesting and this is something we've been talking about a lot recently um i mean speaking of comfort is like you know, I think a lot of times you can get really comfortable doing the same things day in and day out. Yeah. And next thing you know, it's like different parts of your life have gone by. But recently we've had... That's uh, why everybody loves a routine. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, as an athlete, routine's really important, right? Yeah. I, it, it stresses me out when I get outside of my routine. Yeah. And I think... And um, then when I'm supposed to not be in my routine, like resting, taking time off, that's also really hard for me because I'm like, what do I do with my life? Yeah, but I think that's that's part of being an athlete is like this quote unquote routine. It's like about discipline, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, having the discipline to be like, this is when I'm working out. This is when I'm training. This is how I'm going to eat. And, you know, there's a certain amount of like rigidity that like comes with that, I feel like. Yeah. But I, I, I wonder, you know, like uh, it's actually I think one of the harder things to have the discipline on is actually like a break that routine when you need to. Yeah. Um, that That's athletes sometimes that maybe have like a routine that's not necessarily benefiting them, like the stuff they're doing. Is it maybe the right stuff? But uh, also recently we've talked to a bunch of different people that have sort of gone from being like a high level competitor in in jujitsu specifically to um 
to like just being successful in some other facet of life and like sort of how do you how do you find that balance how do you like break that routine of like i'm training all the time and all that kind of stuff i'm just sorry there's like a weird noise outside and it was like throwing me off i don't know what that is no you don't know what that is no that noise yeah oh that's the sound that an amazon truck makes when it backs up what you don't hear that all the time i do and i never knew what it was oh yeah it's the amazon trucks why is it that noise i don't know Oh. it's so for whenever they're run by robots it's like you know to get out of the way because they like probably will kill a certain portion of people yeah like i robot shit yeah like <laughs> like that basically i think that at some point in the future parents will like yell at their kids to stay away from the robots because it's like not their fault they're not trying to kill people but like it does happen uh, so not like purposely. It's just like they're not paying attention. It's an accident. No, you but if there the was going to be robots that did kill people on purpose, it'd be Amazon. And they'd be like, it only kills people that we know are convicted Took of felonies. Took lunch breaks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Amazon actually had like rules published in their like uh, employee handbook about like peeing in jars and stuff. What? Yeah, because they had like people that were like their delivery drivers that basically had no time because they were on such a rigid schedule mm-hmm. speaking of routines that they had to like literally <laughs> pee in jars and stuff like that ah and then they were like no we would never do that and then like employees were like no screenshots of stuff and then they're like well oops wait so were they pro peeing in jars or anti the the amazon was basically just like outlining rules for peeing in jars <laughs> like this is how you do it if you're going to yeah make sure you wash your hands after you pee in the jar like because you're touching people's like, packages. don't do it but if you do like don't talk about it i guess i don't know <laughs> they're like it makes us look bad uh, well there's they do enough to make themselves look bad but at the same time like i'm not gonna not use amazon yeah i mean so you know part of the problem yeah rigid routine discipline yeah. they're yeah. like hey look we're gonna deliver these packages but gotta be on time yeah i want my package and when i say like next day delivery it better be here the next day and i think that that's a big part of like discipline in routine is like you ha- you do have to have a certain amount of sacrifice right yeah like you're gonna have to pee in some jars yeah that's the name of this episode <laughs> you're gonna have to pee in some jars <laughs> But like, uh, I mean, like no. cutting weight, you know, like maybe. Peeing, why would I pee in jars cutting weight? I mean, if you're just when you're drinking that much water, when you're like loading, like you got to pee all the time. Yeah. I remember being in classes that were an hour long when I was in college and like cutting weight uh, and all of a sudden just being in that class and just being like 40 minutes in just like, I'm not going to make it. I'm yeah. not going to make it because we'd be on these like super low sodium diets. That was like mm-hmm. my weight cut thing and i still think that that works really great where you basically try to eat you try to eat food that has less than 500 milligrams of sodium in a day the week that you're basically planning to cut the weight yeah drink tons of water um little pro tips for everybody out there and uh you you just like your weight will just like drop like crazy each morning but it's really dangerous for your health if you do it long term because electrolyte imbalances and all that kind of stuff yeah but uh i just remember like sitting in those classes like i wish i could pee in a jar you know yeah especially i mean that happens to me when i'm teaching classes back to back because i'll drink a whole bunch of water like while i'm teaching and i'm like i don't really have a chance to go to the restroom in between and that happened like last week and i'm like i think i look like three months pregnant right now because my bladder is so full (laughs) 
The last couple times we've been to LA or we drive up from San Diego. I mean, you've we... peed in a lot of parking garages on, from like just based on like our travel from San Diego to LA. And I don't know how normal my propensity is to. No, you just... have a you have a small, tiny little girl's bladder. True. Yeah, we. This is obvious. So for <laughs> listeners that are not familiar or not familiar with the show, I have a very small woman's bladder. Very small. No, no like not a... a woman's bladder. A little girl. Like a little girl. Yeah. Maybe like... a puppy. Mm. The bladder of a puppy. A female puppy. It doesn't have to be female. That's rude. <laughs> They're j- traditionally smaller than the males. I'm just being scientific here. I'm not being... Well, I don't know if their bladder is smaller just because they're smaller. Well, no, that's that's a fact. That's biology. No. Well, unless it's a, a special... This becomes... Now, now we're down to genetics. Like... I'm just saying, like, this is a thing that we need to look into. Do females and males have different sized bladders? Listeners, back me up here. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, like last couple of times we've been in LA, I've like peed in parking lots and stuff as soon as we got there because I had to pee so bad. But like, and he's from rural Missouri, so he doesn't care who pees anywhere. Yeah, it actually surprised me. Like whenever I and honestly, I'm surprised you don't have like a uh, like a public urination like <laughs> ticket. You and, you and me both, <laughs> you know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, squad. <laughs> um, no, but but in all seriousness, like this is something we have been talking about a little bit, and we want to discuss on the show is just you know like me me personally, I've I've kind of gone through this a little bit, mm-hmm. and I found myself talking to folks recently a little bit more often about just sort of that transition of like you're competing, you're doing jiu-jitsu all the time, you have this very rigid schedule, like you don't want to like. You, you basically don't want to shortcut anything. And yeah. then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, well, like, maybe competition jiu-jitsu or competition MMA is not, like, the most important thing in the world to me anymore. So, like, where does that fit into your life? Like, can you just train for fun? And that was actually a really hard for, thing for me for a long time yeah. to, like, just train for, like, fun. I feel like fun. the past, like, three or four, like, three years, really, truly, you have gone through that, like, battle back and forth of, like, um, feeling like you just need to train every day and you need to do all these things and like, and you're like stressing yourself out with like your schedule at work and then also maintaining like your training schedule because you're like, well, I need to be training because like if I'm not, I'm getting worse. But you haven't wanted to compete for a long time. Yeah. Like wanting to compete, not like saying like, um, you haven't, I mean, you haven't competed since 2019. Yeah, I can't remember what it's it was. Portland, right? Yeah, it wasn't 20, 2020, so yeah, 2019. 2019, and so that was the last time you competed. I guess the pandemic probably helped that because it would like help you kind of overcome those things. Yeah. Um, but I re- like I remember like telling you all the time like, just because I'm there every day because it was still like my job, like my like I was still actively pursuing like a competitive career, like. I'm like, you don't have to be doing that. You have uh, what I would o- I always tell people. You have a real job. <laughs> and and I say real job because he makes money. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like uh, something that I know has been a struggle for you. Just like, and especially here recently, because your career has kind of really taken off in a way that's um, just taking a lot more of your time and energy you don't have the time or energy to go training or go to training and do all those things so I know that it's been really hard for me and we have a couple other friends that um are in the same boat 
and transitioning from that, I guess, being uh, an athlete or competitor to like being in like the workforce and being successful in different areas. It's hard, even though you're seeing probably way more success in your career like now than you ever have in jujitsu. Yeah. And that, that that's one of the things I mention to people all the time is like um, that people always say like, oh, don't you want to compete again? Like, mm-hmm. like, especially guys, whenever it's like I, I train with other good black belts that are competitive, they're like, man, you should compete again, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the thing that I always think about is like the moment that I came to the realization that I wasn't going to be the best in the world anymore, that it was sort of like a little bit demotivating to me from the standpoint of like, the thought that I can't be the very best uh-huh. actually makes it to where it's like I'm not as interested anymore. Mm-hmm. And then then herein lies the struggle where it's like, do I show up and continue to do the same thing every day because I don't want my skills to atrophy? Mm-hmm. Like, And that was the thing I think you've witnessed, which is like if I had a bad day tra- training in the past, like a couple years ago, like even though I maybe wasn't as focused on competition, it would still bother me yeah. if like I gave up a sweep or you know like yeah just or like, lost around yeah lost yeah like had, just didn't roll well made a mistake whatever and now whenever i go to practice it's like i don't care at all yeah oh like, like if i submit a purple belt one time i might just like let them pass my guard like legit just be like here pass like let's see what happens like now i'm gonna get out like let's just, mm-hmm. i'm just having fun and i used to always kind of be like how can some of the older like guys like that are black belts brown belts purple belts like how can they like really enjoy like that sort of like thing? Mm-hmm. It's like, and I almost sort of like looked at it as like a weakness, like, oh, you can't be good anymore. So you're just going to be like, oh, mm-hmm. whatever. But for me now, it's like, I'm not training for competition. It's like for my mental, physical mm-hmm. health. And um, a good friend of the show, Nick Schrock, who's also running a business now, he, um, him and I were talking about this recently where it's like, if I train once a week or I train every day, in a week like very focused it's like there's a very very small amount of people that can tell the difference now i've been training jiu-jitsu for 15 years almost Mm -hmm. so that means that like the skills that i have i found now and this is the benefit of training for that long they don't atrophy that much like if my body feels good and i come to practice like I don't feel that much different than when i was training but that being said you're still consistent yeah. So that's the thing is like different. Like you're still consistent. Like you might not be going, you're not training as much, which is probably better for you. Like in a lot of ways, cause your body like can stay healthier, but you're still consistently there sharpening your skills at least a couple of times a week to where, you know, you're not just like not training at all. And then coming back, that's a difference where I think if you just completely stop, then I was going to say completely again, yeah. Uh, but if you could just completely stop training, I think then you would see the atrophy. Yeah. And your skills. But you're continuing to train. You're being consistent. And your body gets to like heal up a little bit more. Yeah. No, that is one thing. <laughs> and it's like I tell this to guys all the time. How I roll, like it depends so much more on how my body feels than anything else these mm-hmm. days. And it's just it's the miles plus getting older. Mm-hmm. But like... um. You know, like a lot of the exercise that I do outside of jiu-jitsu, outside of running, is really built around like just trying to keep my my body like healthy. And that's one of the amazing things about some of this is like um, when you're training to compete 
like you're preparing for like an event like mm-hmm. time after time you're not really thinking about longevity and i don't mean longevity in terms of like oh i want to keep my body healthy so that i can do jiu-jitsu when i'm like 60 or whatever i'm thinking about longevity in terms of like when you're training every day for competition i'm focused on like the moves the techniques learning things that can apply to like the next thing that i do making Mm -hmm. me better but i'm maybe not open to learning some stuff that i don't think is relevant to me and now i find that like i'm learning every time i go to jiu-jitsu i love taking felipe andrews classes Mm -hmm. because he shows moves that I think I'm good at, and I'm like, that's not the way I do it, but like, maybe I'll start doing it that way. Mm-hmm. I would never do that when I was competing, because I'm like, I like my way, I got my setups, like, this is what I like. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm rolling with this. I'm not trying to like, mm-hmm. fundamentally change everything. But now I'm like, yeah, maybe I will, you know? If I suck at it for a couple of months, who cares, you know? Yeah, which is kind of like, you should kind of be that way when you're competing too, though. It's like always be learning and like not close minded to like seeing somebody else's perspective on things and trying stuff out, trying things out when you're in class training and not being afraid to fail is like a big, um, I guess, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's really ambidextrous. No, it's really good for you because you, if you can be that kind of like, if you can have that humility in training, you're going to get better. Cause like, you're not, if you're just always going to do it the same way, like you're not necessarily like growing. Yeah. But if it, you're trying new things or like and not afraid to fail in class like okay like I tr- i'm trying this new thing this new technique out or this like whatever and you're you're gonna mess it up a lot at the beginning yeah but i think one of the things about being a competitor is you're competitive right so it's really yeah. hard so it's to hard like- to not like just go with your a game every class and i think that's a problem that competitors fall into a lot of times like it doesn't matter the sport it's like when you start competing in practice and that starts being like if you build competing and practice into your routine, you're not competing against yourself anymore. You're competing against your training partners, mm-hmm. against like your performances and stuff like that. And that's one of those things where it's like it can actually lead you down the opposite path where it's like yeah. you get very, very tunnel vision because you get very focused on like executing your stuff and not really being interested in like learning something new. Yeah. And I think that that fundamentally is like if you look at the people that like are always evolving, um, like they have that attribute yeah yeah they do i mean you you have to constantly be and it's not just like i don't know just adding to your game be humble like just working on like building new skills and developing them and when you're doing that you're gonna be put yourself in a position where you're not always going to be winning every round and i think that's where like but that's something that we've talked about too and i know we've talked about it's like where it's the time like uh the time between competitions is the most valuable mm-hmm. in like building and developing and getting better in any sport really it's like if you're if you're just like i have this competition and i'm doing this but like like even in let's say for like even like it's football season now so like in football it's like if you're not doing anything in the off season you're just like laying around, getting out of shape, doing all these things. It's like you're going to come back and it's going to be really, really hard to get back to where you started from last season. But it doesn't mean you're necessarily like you're like you didn't add anything. You didn't gain anything over like that time off. 
not to say you don't take the time off, but it's just a different focus. And I think you see that a lot with competitors where it's like, if I'm competing in something, then I'm like training really hard at that time. But then when I'm not, I don't have anything coming up. Like I'm just like, you know, being kind of lazy and like taking it off where it's like, well, you haven't developed new skills because when you're in training camp, that's not the time to add new skills. That's the time to just like hone in on the things that you're already good at. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like make sure that you're, everything is tight. You're in shape, Mm -hmm. like all that kind of stuff. And I think that that's where like the, you need to, I mean, we talk about this with MMA fighters. We both Mm -hmm. know a lot that like they have a camp, but outside of camp, they're not like just generally improving, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's something I think in jiu-jitsu you're always doing because there's no like season, you know? Um, But, but a lot of people just stay competing all the time to where they're never like, taking the time to add new things. Yeah, and I think that's where the discipline aspect is both, like, the greatest, uh, like, tool in the toolbox of a competitor and also, like, the greatest, like, flaw. Because, you know, that's one of those things for me where it's, like, you have to break that rigidity, that that kind of plan, that routine, and, like, refocus a lot of things in your life so that you can be great at something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sort of, like, find, like, peace with that, Um for whatever that looks like but even outside of that it's like um even if you're still trying to be like the best competitor like you can look at everything even the world of business and everything favors the if you're if you're breaking into something if you're trying to like if you're on the come up it favors mm-hmm. the disruptor like yeah the person that's innovative that sees something new that's never mm-hmm. been done that way before and generally what happens is those that are disrupted you can look at the technology space um there's a slide deck that i used to present whenever i would do like um the i would put together these like presentations blah 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 but at the end of it i would always like show these news article clippings and it was like yahoo the search engine king uh that will will reign for like the next 20 years or something uh-huh. like that and it was like 2005 and it's like hilarious it's yeah like yahoo the search engine king and then also like nokia ha- have they reached the point of monopoly yet and it was like 2003 yeah <laughs> that's cute and it's like yeah these are companies that like when the iphone was coming up or google the search engine was coming up they were like they didn't adapt and change yeah they and they almost looked at it sort of like yeah th- they got their this is a niche this is a fad yeah you know yeah and i think that that happens a lot not in realizing martial arts. that they were the niche or the fad totally it's like you look at some of the people and that are champions in the the ufc or bellator and a lot of them are like doing things or like winning fights in ways that people didn't think they'd be able to win fights yeah. george st pierre for example never wrestled like at any level collegiately or in high school but he was taking down collegiate wrestlers we were talking about this recently we were watching phil davis fight yo romero where a lot of people the common knowledge was like well you're not going to try to like wrestle with yo romero he's an olympic silver medalist like mm-hmm. his wrestling pedigree is so great like why would you wrestle with him yeah then phil just took him down at easily because he saw like after he took him down once he realized it was possible yeah you know and i think you know, we see, and you see that happen a lot where it's like it just takes one one fight to expose a weakness in somebody. Then it's like, oh, now like they showed everybody else the game plan of how to beat this person. Yeah. Michael Chandler is sort of that way where it's like yeah. he got leg kicked that one time and everybody's like, oh, he doesn't like whenever his calves get kicked. And yeah. then now he gets calf kicked and he like every fight. It's like 
kind of iffy or won't he you know like yeah on that on that leg I mean, after yeah. somebody calf kicks it also like connor yeah Can't i mean handle them leg kicks he got weak little tiny ankles that just is yep. i don't know it's like his <laughs> it's like his legs are He's dylan dennis and the other opponent is like a bar like uh what bouncer a bouncer <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say barkeep <laughs> Which I saw that uh, Gordon, because he posted the the video of Dylan uh, getting choked out by the bar, the bouncer, and uh, that crossed his legs uh, <laughs> on the back. And um, I saw that somebody tagged him in it, and the actual bouncer that was like, that yeah, was like, I saw that too. and he's like trying to get him like free tickets to like ADCC and fly him out to the ADCC event now because he's like, ah, like this is so dope, like you, it's hilarious, not dope, it's hilarious. That you uh, submitted Dylan Dennis, but in the streets. But I think one of the things that's really <laughs> interesting about this is, in in those examples, you can see the juxtaposition of both um, the importance of discipline, but also the importance of like uh, like a flexible like I, I would say just like elasticity to like the way that you think about what it is you're trying to improve on. Meaning, you have a Conor McGregor, you have a Dylan Dennis. Mm -hmm. Not to throw shade at either of them in particular, but like I mean, I'll throw all the shade. <laughs> those are both people that had that discipline for a long time yep. and had gotten very good at the respective <laughs> yeah. like combat sports. However, like then it became about broadcasting it. Who knows how hard or as much as they were training, but like there became this point where they became like a parody of themselves, yeah. where all of a sudden like they're losing, they're not like making any adjustments, they're not competing enough like they want to talk about competing more than they can actually compete well, i think i think like the fame and the the attention just kind of like gets the better of people sometimes to where like you're like oh i've already made it like i don't need to like work hard anymore like i've already done that and like look i'm already getting i i can do anything and still get the attention and still like have like the money and the people wanting like m to be you know just associated affiliated with me and you kind of like lose um, sight of what's really important and what made you great in the first place. And therein lies, like, I think the point that I want to make is like, you mentioned the, the hunger part. Like when you have that discipline and you're hungry and you're looking for every possible option, opportunity to get better, like, mm -hmm. and that includes like learning something new, like you have such an advantage over somebody that maybe like finds himself in the position that like, you know, like I can relate to where it's like mm -hmm. you're pursuing something else in life. Like mm -hmm. you found something else that you're passionate about and you're trying to figure out like, well, look, most of my skills are atrophying as long as I train mm -hmm. a regular amount. Like I think all of a sudden it's like you sort of like that hunger kind of dies, even though, you know, you retain a lot of the skills. Mm -hmm. And then meanwhile, you have these like young up and comers that are that are just like super disciplined so hungry. very hungry and like innovating on their own yeah and realistically i don't know that that's something that you can like you can compete against like there's no there's no way to no, replicate but I think that. that that's just part of the cycle that will always go on in in sports in general there's always like it's you know your time has passed you have to realize that at some point and it's like these like hungry younger like people or just like the new new people to the sport that have like um a fresh a fresh um like drive and interest in in that sport like they it's like it's always time for like you to move on and them to like take over 
that's just like the cycle and that's how things work because you're just never you know just gonna be good forever like as much as i would love to say like george st pierre would just like step back into the ring and he could beat anyone it's just like well i mean it's not like he's too old to to do it anymore but he's just like he's past his prime like that's the thing like, yeah why people are past their prime like that's why you just have to like accept that i think that's something that's hard for people to accept yeah and i mean like that's the part of me that like sort of really admires like the beauty of something that khabib has done where it's mm -hmm. like he probably exited the sport in his prime at, like leaving the legacy that he wanted to leave mm -hmm. and you know people even though people are being super critical about certain things that like i've seen so much stuff like because he talks about he was the best and he's like undefeated and all this stuff and then they're going to be like like post like how many title defenses he had or this this and mm -hmm. that and it's just like compared to other people and it's like yeah those those arguments are always going to be there but it's so much harder to leave when he did versus to keep going yeah and and keep fighting after you probably should have hung it up and that's that's like the, always the balance where it's like history is always in a favor of the disruptor because uh we were watching nick diaz fight robbie lawler last night and uh you know, you'd say something that I thought was so accurate. And you're like, Nick Diaz looks like a dude that's like a boxing coach that was like, let me show these young guys what's up. Hopped up out of like not training maybe for a long period of time. Hopped in the ring. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, dang, like this old dude can fight. You mm -hmm. know, like he looks super sharp. But at the same time, he didn't look like a young, young guy. He, looked he doesn't like a, look like the Nick Diaz that we've always seen. Like yeah. that just would, you know. Look like a dude with two decades of martial arts experience for sure, yeah, but yeah. like physically. And I'm not like criticizing him at all because I thought like I was like pretty impressed with him like last night because I'm like I don't know what we're gonna see honestly. Yeah. And, but I was just like he does he does he looks like, you know the old boxing coach that just got in there like I gotta I'm gonna I'm gonna show these young bucks what's up. Hold up, let me. Hold <laughs> Even up. though he wasn't fighting somebody young. But. Yeah, and that's, you know, Robbie Lawler said after the fight, he's like, I really appreciate this fight because he got me motivated to train. And if you think about it, it's like, you know, at that point in his career, it's like, what makes you want to show up to the gym and like get better, like treat yeah. things like a young and hungry fighter? Yeah, like Robbie Lawler has nothing left to prove. He's like one of the like greats and he's, you know, like he's so iconic in the sport. Yeah, and he's been doing, he, I mean, he's been fighting for so long he's been yeah. a champion it's like how do you get excited about like um another training even, camp yeah and not even a contender fight you mm -hmm. know it's like you think about the fights that he's had recently and when it's like like fought for titles and you've like won titles and then you were the champ and then you like now i just have to fight for just i'm just fighting to get paid yeah is it's that a, what you're fighting for? yeah it's a job and then you're competing against somebody to where it's like I'm willing to lose money because I just want to be the best. That's mm -hmm. young, you know, that's coming up. And, you know, we were watching um, uh, Who's Number One um, this past weekend yeah. as well, where they had like these brackets and um, somebody that we know really well, uh, Cole, um, who's... Man, he's 16 years old. And I remember like the moment they announced that he was going to be in that tournament. And I was like, yo, that's scary. If I was any of the guys in that division, I would be worried because... I remember training with Cole when he was like maybe like 12. Maybe younger. I think he was like 12 when he when I first met him or something. And like we we're like he came into training. He's this tiny little like orange belt, maybe yellow belt at the time. I can't remember exactly. 
and then I'm like, this kid is good. He's like jumping, flying triangles on me. And I'm like, if he was just like bigger, bigger. and stronger, like he would mess me up or he, you know, like it would be a lot harder. But I'm like, even then I'm like, he's not just going to like, I'm not like going my hardest because he's so tiny. But at the same time, I'm like, this is not easy to pass his guard. I remember <laughs> like, playing like sophisticated, like games with him as a black belt, like when he was like a yellow belt or orange belt and just being like, he's better at these games than me. And yeah. the only reason why like it's like we're just rolling around like hitting these transitions is because he's smaller. It's mm-hmm. like otherwise he's he's messing yeah. me up right now. And it's like now he's he's an adult size and he's got like strength behind it. And it's like that's a scary kid. Yeah. And he's know? got he's got this sophisticated game. He's got this like young body where and injuries don't count. Is, <laughs> he is a, a true professional. Yeah. Like if you like and it's so funny to say, but he's more professional than a lot of people that I know that are getting paid to fight MMA or paid to like maybe even compete in other like major sports because he's constantly on the mat. He's always like eager was, to learn, was hungry to help. Like an eleven and twelve year old. Yes, you know? like this is you know. There's very few kids where I'm that I would be um not be critical about them choosing to like be homeschooled and like make jujitsu their career like that young or like really like dive into it the way that he has that young but you meet him you train with him you're around him and he's got great family like his parents are great they're not like crazy like for pushing him to do it like this is all him this is what he wanted you know yeah and so there's but you when you're around him you're like okay no like for him yeah that makes sense this is what he wants and now to do. it's like it's paying off like i you know i told him i'm like i can't wait to see like just the future for him because yeah. it's so crazy how good he is already and with like the discipline and everything he's doing right now i'm like i don't know he's like un- gonna be unstoppable yeah and it, for those that don't know his n- name is cole abate um they call him ice cold um ice cold. All, i just said ice cold <laughs> um but he um he i i honestly do believe he's probably gonna be like the next big thing in jiu-jitsu yeah. um he is only a blue belt uh under the the mendez brothers transit art of jiu-jitsu now um but like i mean there's no way that you couldn't say this kid's yeah. like would be a competitive black belt like i mean he obviously no showed that yeah already but that's the thing is is like you know you look at, uh, he fought Gio Martinez in the first round. Gio, another guy that I really like, Gio. Super, super good black belt. Can't question the, the like, credentials or, like, the pedigree. The legitimacy of his, his jiu-jitsu. 100%. And when I saw he was fighting Cole, I was like, man, that's going to be a tough fight. Because Cole, like, he's, like, hungry. Like, this means everything to him. This is what he's been training mm-hmm. for. Like, he's coming with the most motivation he's he's ever had. Geo, it's like this is another event. He's mm-hmm. done so many of these. He's, yep. you know, it's like it's gonna be honestly like I think it's probably impossible for him to have the same sort of drive and motivation and hunger that that his opponent is yeah. in that scenario. You yeah. know, and that's gonna be the way that it is for throughout history. You know, yeah. And I think you know, like Bouchesha, uh, we saw him win his first MMA fight over the weekend as well. Like I think you reached a similar point as as he did, where it's sort of like. I've kind of accomplished what I want to in jiu-jitsu. So, like, 
MMA is something I've always had an interest in. I need a new challenge. Otherwise, I don't know that I'm motivated enough to like mm-hmm. be competitive the way that I want to be competitive anymore. And and I think like you, I, I don't know, it's something that I've seen and it's like I've been around for a long time and I see a lot of these guys, um, especially some of the old school guys or older, older people where it's like they're just doing the same thing year after year, like competing in the same tournaments. And it's like, you know, for what? Like, yeah. it kind of gets to a point where it's sad. And it's like, I don't want to be that forever. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to just be like, um, cause even the ones that's like, oh yeah, like they have schools and they have students, but like they still want to do this for them. And like, they have to train every day because of like a weird, like impulse or I don't know, whatever for them. And I just don't want to be going through those motions forever for like with no, like there's no upside, there's no reward, there's nothing more that I can gain by doing that instead of like, you know, channeling that energy into my students or into some other like venture or endeavor or whatever because you can't compete at that level forever. It's just like that's just like the nature of being an athlete. Like you get older, your body breaks down, the miles, the the age, it's like you deteriorate to a point where it's like you're no longer going to be able to compete at the same level you were at one point. And so it just kind of makes me sad to see certain people like continue to do those same things. Just always like, oh, I'm fighting really hard. I'm training really hard because it's like, you know, I'm fighting in the master worlds, but it's like, again, because, and it's not to say like, I love that all my like, like students and people and like master roles is super cool and most of the people there aren't they're not full-time competitors but there are some of those guys and it's like you're fighting in like master five and you're still like a full-time competitor like yeah. that's like it kind of makes me sad yeah and i don't no. mean to throw the shade at people no but, but it's think- just like that's just not what i want for me yeah so if you're happy doing that like there's no like I don't I don't care like good for you but for me that just I wouldn't be content in that being everything that I'm doing in life like I need something different and I think that's what I think you have figured out here recently where it's like it was so hard for you to like take a step back from competing or just training as much and like jujitsu being such a like the priority in your life and like making your work the priority but but you also are like super competitive in everything that you do there and like seeing success and like the ceiling is so much higher yeah. and what you're doing now that you like it's easy it still wasn't easy for you to like change your brain on that no you know? like it was really hard but i think uh you know one of the things that uh and i've i've said this before and people i think attribute too much of like i think they get real religious about jujitsu sometimes but jujitsu mm-hmm. did teach me like it gave me a rubric of how to be good at something yeah like if you're disciplined, if you focus, if you really care about getting better, not about winning, but getting better, like the winning will come. Trust the process. Mm-hmm. Like if you do the things that are difficult and you push yourself, like you can be a great husband, you can be a great leader, you can be a great whatever it is you want to be. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to have different skills. I reached the point to where I realized like all those principles in jiu-jitsu applied no matter how hard I tried, like I'm, I almost killed myself trying to make myself as good as I could be at jujitsu. Yeah. I reached the full potential of what I could do. <laughs> and I'm really happy with the last time I competed in jujitsu. I yeah. submitted all my opponents. I won. 
And I'm really happy if that's the last time I ever compete. People always ask me, do you want to compete again? And the answer is no. Like I have no intention, no motivation. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean I won't. There might be a scenario, like you were mentioning the Master Worlds, like I might find that like at some point in my life, I have uh, a desire to like improve and improve in a way that I feel like maybe only competition could focus me. I feel like I could see everything coming full circled for you at some point where like, you reach a certain point in your career to where you like have more free time or ability to train and then like want to get back into competing, but like competing as a hobby, not as a career, which is very different. Yeah. And I could see that happening, but I also, it's like, I don't see that in the near future. There might be other things that like excite you more. I don't know. But that's the thing is, is like I've found other areas, uh, completely different facets of life where it's like, I haven't reached my full potential or like whatever I'm doing hasn't reached its full potential and those same levels of like discipline, drive, determination, like I'm I'm hungry here. Like yeah. you don't have to be 17 to be hungry and driven, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But you do have to be passionate about something and that means you can find new things and I think that's where you know you're saying like oh it's kind of sad if this is like your one pursuit. It's sad because you know, like this is you've you haven't given yourself the the permission to like go. And we've seen this with people. Uh, there was somebody I saw today fought in the UFC. He's a good black belt, Alberto Crane. He was um, he was speaking at a TED Talk. But one of the things that I find interesting about it is like this is a guy that was obviously like reached a point of excellence in MMA, reached a point of excellence in jiu-jitsu and like decided he was going to read a, reach a point of excellence in like another facet of life, like decide you're going to be like a great business owner. Even if mm-hmm. it's a jiu-jitsu school, yeah. there's a lot of people that are great at jiu-jitsu that run jiu-jitsu schools that are not like great small business owners. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Those are yeah. very different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that like uh, that takes, I don't know. I don't know where I was going to go with that. Well, it takes a certain amount of like, I don't know. I think that takes a lot of um, courage and discipline in its in and of itself to like pull yourself away from. Yeah, courage. Yeah, pull yourself away from. I'm a hero. <laughs> you are. <laughs> you are a true hero. And you know what? I'm so grateful to be have you in my life and to be married to such a. Someone that's the equivalent of a modern day Batman. Modern day Batman? That's not the hero I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> The most average of heroes. <laughs> you got a utility belt. <laughs> Batman. Bat- Batman's a garbage superhero. I'm sorry. I'm not going to apologize for it. I won't disagree with you, uh, which is probably like not exciting, but like at the same time, like whenever they had like the Batman versus Superman stuff, I was just like Superman could just like hit him if he's so strong, like move buildings and all that kind of stuff. He just hit a Batman one time. He's dead. Punch right yeah. through him. What happens with Batman's fighting in like the middle of a desert or field where there's no, no buildings to like swing from with I, his little like <laughs> things, you know what I'm saying? Oh my God. I feel like we have people that like <laughs> love superhero stuff right now. They're like, oh my God, like they don't know, like Batman has like a special suit or whatever. <laughs> he doesn't. He's not Iron Man. <laughs> Those are like the only things I know about superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> at comics in general <laughs> yep so yeah so that being said batman's lame yeah and that, with that being robin's said, even lamer before we can <laughs> like get everybody to stop unsubscribing from the podcast um uh we'll probably leave it there for the day but i don't know do you have any you, you're getting ready to fight now we're, yeah we're, so i i don't even think we talked about the fact that missouri sucks um and you know 
I don't want to like say that like I'm not like it's not their fault. It's that people in Missouri suck and the commission's doing the best that they can. And so they decided to not give me my license and fight, which was like was supposed to be like what? August 26th or something. Yeah, of a couple weeks ago, um, like a month ago. And uh, so we had to reschedule the fight. Same opponent. So four four weeks out now, um, October 22nd, I'll be fighting in Vail, Colorado. Whoop, whoop. For LFA. On UFC Fight Pass. And I believe so. Or their Facebook page. I don't know. Anyhow, that's what's going down. Check I'm getting ready for listings. that. Like, yeah, follow my my social media for like updates and stuff uh, as far as that goes. And um, I've been just kind of getting ready for this fight. I've been getting ready to fight all freaking year long, which is arduous and stressful. But I've also feel like I'm making a lot of improvements especially here in the last like I don't know month and a half or two I feel like I've been like getting a lot better I've been getting um to train with some new people different people that have really like um helped me um make some good improvements I believe and I'm pumped for that and um yeah that's what's going on October 22nd LFA uh and uh it'll be in Vail Colorado and uh, yeah, like it should be on UFC Fight Pass or YouTube, Facebook channel, something like that. So if people want to watch it, we'd love people just to just to support Jenna, just because it's been so hard for her to just both get a fight and then like now that she's gonna fight, we're hoping that just the popularity of both the show and then just you know people that have wanted to see her fight, been excited to see her fight, seeing what she's been doing over the course of the last year it'll almost be a whole year that you've been training mma now so it's kind of appropriate in a lot of ways and you know like a a couple of my students and people like close to me they're like i really miss you competing like that kind of thing and i miss competing too we were at fight to win like a couple weeks ago and i'm like man i just miss competing and um i had people ask me like do you miss like competing in like these tournaments like the world's going on or pan am's happening and i'm like no I don't miss the tournaments. I don't miss that that part of it. But I do miss competing. Like, I am super competitive. I love competition. And, um, you know, I I love competition because it gives me something to strive for um, in the sense that, like, I like pushing myself and, like, making, getting myself better, like, as much as I can. Like, that's, I'm really competitive with myself um, more than anything. And... So I don't really miss like the tournament style competition, those big ones. Um, but I do miss competing. And so I'm thrilled to be able to get into the cage finally. Training with a purpose. And yes, yes, exactly. So, so we'll, we'll look forward happening. to that. And um, if you have a chance to write a review or uh, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast or watch on YouTube, uh, please do so. Also, there was like, we were kind of wondering too, like we, we put out the videos and we put it up on YouTube. We also, but most of our listeners are just listening like audio only um, or in the people who are watching on YouTube, like you might not actually be watching the the show. You might just be listening as well. So let us know if you actually are interested in watching the show? Yeah, leave a comment uh, on the Yeah, leave a comment on the YouTube page just so Or if you're just an audio only like person. Because if if um if it is just mainly audio only, we we may just transition to not recording it video, which it 
it's not that much more difficult to set up, but it may give us the flexibility to, to do maybe one or two more shows uh, than we normally do in yeah. a month or something like that. Yeah. So if you like the show and you watch the video, uh, leave a comment on the YouTube page just to let us know that you're watching. If not, um, and you're listening to audio only, do nothing and, you know, just... I mean, you can leave a comment and just let us know what you think. And just be like, no, I don't. Or you can also like, just like, you know... Batman emoji. Let us know what you want to you want us to talk about. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, we want to thank everybody for watching uh, or listening, uh, primarily listening, as yeah. you've now learned. Um, but uh, yeah, another episode of... Not Fighting. Not Fighting.